for a long period of time, we thought that the Earth was at the centre of the universe. And we were pretty sure about that for a long time, uh, until the 16th century when Copernicus, he flipped the script and he said, no, the Earth is not at the centre. The sun is at the centre of the universe. That was a, a pretty major revelation, finding, mind-blowing, we could say. In fact, it, it was so kind of um, earth-shattering that some people refused to believe it, to accept it, right? It turned our whole concept, our whole view of the world upside down. And, for, and for, for many, it took time to get their minds around it. Now, I share that because in a similar way, these spiritual mysteries that we're celebrating this week and next week, Ascension and Pentecost, they also flip the script of our life. They give us a new way of understanding ourselves and, and, a, and a new perspective on how we can live our best lives. Today, I want to talk a little bit about what the ascension of Christ is, what, what, what happened, and why it was significant, why it's so important for you and for me, why it gives us a whole new perspective on who we are and how we should live. I want, to, I want to say a little bit about that, a bit of theology, right? Uh, but then I want to shift and talk more about spirituality. I want to reflect on why we often don't live out of this profound new perspective that Christ invites us into and what we can start to do about that. My simple summary of the ascension is that it was the final stage of Jesus' mission. Now, we know that his mission began at Christmas time, right? God becoming Emmanuel, one with us. And then, of course, after some time, he grew and, and, and eventually he began his ministry, his ministry of teaching and healing. And, and that was when he started to open our minds to, uh, to the kingdom of God, right? to this reality beyond ourselves. Then, of course, came the all-important uh, next stage, the, the, the death and resurrection. Jesus offered himself as the perfect sacrifice to, to overcome evil, to overcome uh, the separation between God and humanity. But even after the resurrection, the job wasn't yet finished. We only have to have a look around in our world to realise the truth of that, right? <laughs> we only have to look at our lives to realise that, yes, the resurrection was unbelievably significant, that, that, that through the resurrection, Jesus broke the back of, of evil and, and death. But the job is still not done. It's not fully realised Today, um, we heard how the apostles, Jesus was just about to ascend, and they said, uh, Lord, has the time come? Is this it? Is, is, you know, are we, is the kingdom of coming now? Are we, are, we, are we there? 
And, and, and Jesus responds, it's not for you to know times or dates that the Father has decided, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, but throughout Judea, Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. Jesus seems to be acknowledging here that uh, even though he's defeated sin and death, his victory still needs to find its way into our lives and into our world. This is the purpose of the ascension. See, Jesus, in the ascension, he takes his place at the right hand of the Father. He, he is enthroned as Lord and King. As St. Paul says today in, uh, in, the first, in, the, in the second reading, he, he, he sits now in his place of authority above every sovereignty, authority, power or domination or any other name that can be named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Jesus assumes his fullest authority in order that he can then share his victory. He can make the victory of the cross and the resurrection available to all people in all places and in all times. No longer is his ministry located in one place and one time and for one people. But because he's now in the, his place of heavenly, his heavenly throne, uh, he, he, he can make that victory available to us all. Jesus departed so that he could be present to us in a whole new way through the power of his spirit. That's what we're acknowledging here in these next, this week and next week, Ascension and Pentecost, that the presence of Christ given to us in the power of the Spirit, means everything. This, this is our life as Christians. It's, it's the presence of Christ that brings us his victory and, and his love and his power. St. Paul's uh, referring that to that Today, in his prayer, in the second reading, he says, May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and perception of what he's revealed to bring you to full knowledge of him. He says, May he enlighten the eyes of your mind so that you can see what hope his call holds for you, what rich glories he has promised the saints will inherit, and how infinitely great is the power that he has exercised for us believers. What what Paul's getting at here is that as we we open our hearts and our minds and and as we begin to encounter the presence of Christ that comes to us from, from the place of authority, then we start to discover who we truly are. We find our true strength, our lasting hope. And and, and this is not just theory. This is just not some nice ideas, right? This is the truth of the saints. Just look at their lives and they witness this truth to us. See, the the, the presence of Christ, it it may not be physical or or tangible, but spiritually it's real. and, And through humility and faith, we can touch it. We can receive it. 
This is, this, is, this is where it starts getting a bit profound, right? A bit kind of mind-blowing. Uh, what the saints show us is that when we open our lives to the presence of Christ, right, and the power of the Spirit, what, what actually happens is that Christ lives his life through us. That's, that's what St Paul was saying, right? It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. This is the core of Christian spirituality. It's to recognise that I am not the centre of my universe, that, that Christ is. This, this is like a... When it starts to dawn on us, right, it's like a Copernican kind of moment, right? <laughs> we, we suddenly realise, oh my gosh, my life is actually not my own. It's, I'm part of a bigger life. Uh, God, the life of God is living itself through me and, and that means that it's no longer up to me. That I can stop trying to work it all out. I can stop trying to fix everything. To, I can stop trying so hard to, to make things happen in my life. What's most important is that I give space for Christ to live in me and through me and that I, I, I make an effort to partner with Christ, to work with how God is, is working and living in and through me. I think this is what Jesus meant by being poor in spirit. Remember he said, the blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of, of heaven is theirs. I think that's what he meant. To be poor in spirit is to recognise that this is not my life. I didn't make this happen. It's, my, my, my life is actually God's life through me. It's, it's Christ in me. And, and to be poor in spirit is to, is to yield to that life, to surrender to it, to work with it. For most of us, this is a, a radically different way of, of understanding our lives. And to be fair, it takes a long time to, to kind of embrace this different way of living. Now, if... If we've been baptised, we've already received this life-changing presence of Christ. So my question today is why don't we experience more of this victory? Why, If we've received the presence of Christ, right? if it's living in us through the power of our baptism, and if we're receiving the presence of Christ constantly in Eucharist and all kinds of ways, then, then why do we struggle so much with insecurity? Why are we so prone to jealousy and envy? Why, do we, uh, why, why are we so often victims to our fear? Why are we so often lacking peace? Why do we often tend not to notice the beautiful, liberating truth of who we already are in Christ? I want to suggest today that the basic problem is that we tend to get in the way of Christ's presence. I've put together a little diagram to help explain. It's a far from perfect, but I trust that it'll be somewhat helpful for us today. So this circle represents us, right? It's you and me. And in the middle of that circle, you may not be able to read it, but it's, it says God or the true self, right? 
It's the, it's the deepest part of us. You could say it's our soul, right? It's where God dwells. That's, 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 that's the truest, deepest uh, part of who we are, right? And, and there in our true self is where we discover beauty and truth, right? That's where we discover our passion and our purpose and, and our true voice. That's where we discover our capacity to, to love and to be loved. Our, 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 that core part of us where God dwells is the wellspring of our peace and our joy. Right? There's lots more we could say about that, but I'll, I'll leave it there for now. The arrows represent the fact that Christ is constantly offering more of himself to us. Right? Constantly. Christ's comes, presence comes to us in a very special way through Eucharist, but in so many ways, through the other sacraments. In everyday life, Christ is constantly trying to come into our world, right? But here's the problem. The problem is that over time, what we tend to do is we add layers of stuff around our core, around our true identity. We smother our soul, and we do it in so many different ways. We do it through our constant activity, through our busyness. We do it by consuming lots of content, right? News and TV shows and YouTube and social media and all that stuff. We do it by our fixation on achievement. We do it by obsessing over how we look physically or, or any other way that we might look. We do it by comparing ourselves and competing with others. We do it by holding on to grudges and, and you know, our strong opinions. We do it by constantly focusing on our pain and our failures, by obsessing over our fears and our frustrations. All of these sort of form this layer that smothers our true self, right? Now, another way that we can talk about this layer is the ego, right? The ego is basically an identity that we create for ourselves and, it, and it, without us even realising, it becomes our lived reality. The, the reality that we put our trust and our hope in and, and that's why we so often suffer, because we're putting our hope and our trust in stuff that can, can never ultimately satisfy, that will always let us down. Uh, the, the slide before, Dan. Now, I'm not saying that these parts of our life are unimportant. I'm not saying they're not real. But what I am saying is that all of that stuff is not the truth or the whole truth of who you are. You see, what tends to happen is that as over time, as we live our life and as these kind of layers build up and build up, they become like a shell that keeps us from accessing our true identity. It prevents us from receiving the presence of Christ into our lives. And so here's where our spirituality is so important. Because really the, the key purpose of spirituality is to create spaces in our life so that Christ can get through the shell, 
so that we can uh, connect with our true self. Next week, I'm going to be talking about how we can do that more, especially as we, as we you know, um, open ourselves to uh, the Holy Spirit and as we celebrate the, the coming of Christ at Pentecost. But I want to leave you today with one simple thing that you can do this week as a way of preparing yourself for Pentecost. I want to encourage you this week to, to make an effort to become more present. To become more conscious of the present moment. See, this is, this is the key to, to the spiritual life. Becoming present. Our, our brains are always so engaged, so distracted. Unless we can learn to become more present, more still. Unless we can learn to, how to create more space in our, our minds and our heart, that it's very difficult for us to encounter the presence of Christ. But when we do take a moment to take the distract, you know, put the distraction to the side, when, when we do create a space for God, even if it's just momentary, then God will fill it. If we got, give God a space, God will show up. Thanks, Dan. The good news is that we don't need to fix this shell ourselves. Christ will deal with it. Christ will deal with the shell if we give him space. See, what happens is that the more that we, that, that, that we start to connect with our true self, that, that true self begins to expand. Right? It takes up more and more of who we are. It's a beautiful, profound, rich reality. Christ makes it happen, but we need to, we need to give him spaces in our day for, for him to do the work. So this week, give yourself some moments without distraction. Just to be still. Just to remember that you're a human being, right? Not a human doing. <laughs> you're a human being. And I want to encourage you to see this as a great act of trust. Because when we stop, what we're saying is, all right, God, I'm going to stop thinking and trying to make everything happen because I'm putting trust in you that you'll fill the gap. When you're in the line at the bank this week or at the supermarket, I want to encourage you not to pull out your phone. Right? Just spend those few minutes being present. Just, I don't know, noticing yourself, being present to what's happening. When you're eating a meal, rather than watching the TV or, or reading the newspaper, uh, you might just be conscious of the food that you're enjoying. Taste it. Be present. And you might just find that God shows up. In some way, you encounter the presence of God in that meal. When you're praying, um, you know, you might talk and do your normal kind of routine with God, do your babbling stuff, right? But just give a moment where you don't do any of that and you just sit in the presence of Christ and you get distracted, and, but just keep coming back. You might just focus on, on your breath or, or your heart beating or the noise of the fan or the heater and just 
allow that just to help you to become present. And you might just find that you connect with Christ in that moment. You become aware of his presence. So that the more present that we can become, the more we will discover and encounter the presence that makes all the difference in our lives. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.